0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, and joining me f- from Cleveland, Cleveland Rocks, Mr. Doug Christie, what's going on, D.C.? Ah,
1: uh, not too much, man. The Cleveland cold, that's what's going on, buddy.
0: You know, I was texting with someone uh, that's part of your group today, and I said, how cold is it there? They said, mid-30s. Um, and Doug, I got to tell you, I walked outside my door this morning to take the boys to school, and it was 37 degrees here. My windows were frozen. I'm like, what in the world? So I don't think it's that much Ooh. It's it's that much better where you're at than it is here, although you're getting some snow, right? Yes,
1: yes I am getting snow flurries and slush and wetness. So, yeah, it, uh, it, it is chilly. Now, yours heats up a little bit. Uh, ours, not so much. But, hey, listen, cold is cold, my friend.
0: That's right. Well, you're a guy who spent time in New York and a guy who spent time in uh, in Toronto, so you know the cold, right?
1: Uh, Toronto's real cold. Everything else uh, pales in comparison, my friend. Oh, boy.
0: You know, the coldest I've ever been was in New York All-Star Weekend a couple of years ago. It was like negative six with windchill, and it was crazy cold. Uh, I just remember that you couldn't walk an entire city block without poking into a, a restaurant or a store uh, because it was so cold; your face was freezing. And so, yeah, definitely not a not a great trip, uh, but a lot of fun still. New York is always fun. Doug, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even these are fun.
0: Yeah, that's right, Doug. Let's get to some basketball talk. We're done with weather, I think, um, unless you guys get stuck on a tarmac again. Uh, But I I think I'm going to start there because you guys did get stuck forever. Uh, What was it on Wednesday Uh, on the tarmac? uh, You guys had to switch planes. There was a bunch of craziness. What is it? uh, What was it like on the team plane? Because I I read a tweet from Gary Gerald. I think it was when you guys got into the next plane and Iman Shumpert just like bringing the joy running up and down the aisles. Um, But what is that that group like on the on the plane?
1: They, they are fantastic. I mean, the, the players are in the very, very front, but when they get going, you, you can hear them because I'm as far back as you can possibly get. And Iman uh, always comes back, especially after a win, and he comes down the aisle, he shakes everybody's hand and spreads some, spreads some joy and wishes everybody a happy birthday. And those are the type of things that this group, you can see. There's a synergy with them all. There's a togetherness, and all-for-one, one-for-all type of mentality that um, I haven't been around since I played to be honest with you when I was a Sacramento King those are the type of things that we had fun we enjoyed instead of going oh man we on this plane this is terrible we would find a way to make it doable workable we're all in it together and that's that's what I see out of this group you can hear them up there laughing and enjoying themselves and it's really good to see
0: you know, Doug, I've said it countless times. This is a very, very good group of young guys, and being around them, it's just a totally different vibe than any other team that I've covered in my nine years in Sacramento. Uh, for me, you just walk in, they're all on their phones, showing each other stuff, laughing, having a good time, messing with each other, joking. Uh, Iman, again, is a guy who brings like just a very, very different vibe. And but I, I don't want to put it all on him like he's this guy who's who's running the whole locker room and that it's his team and that he's he's changing the culture single handedly. To me it really does feel like it's a group effort and there's something that De'Aaron Fox there's two things that he does which which I kind of enjoy. Anytime someone asks him about the front office slash coaching controversy uh, he just literally just blows it off and says, hey, man, I'm, I'm just here to play basketball. I, I don't have anything to say about any of that stuff. It's, it has nothing to do with me. Uh, but the other thing that he says is anytime someone says, you know, you guys have been out of the playoffs for so many years and, you know, you know how much you want to break that streak. And he looks at people and he says, well, I've only been here for a year and a half, so I don't know anything about all those other years. All I know is that, I don't want to lose, and I want to win, and I want us, this young group, who none of us are part of what's happened here over the course of the last 12 years. Uh, we're just like a small, we've only been here for a small amount of time, and, and we don't really even care about that stuff. That's that's other stuff that doesn't mean anything to us, because while it's the King's history, it has n- nothing to do with what who and what we are moving forward. And to me, it's a really strange approach, but I actually enjoy it greatly, because it does show that his focus is on winning and becoming, you know, the next big thing and not worrying about all of this baggage that comes with being part of the King sometimes. And I don't know, have you seen things like that from him and the other guys?
1: You know, it's, uh, there's a lot there, Ham. And, and one thing I, I want to, you know, whatever people want to say, want to give credit to what I consider the genius of Lade Divac, who played with me and we played here. And a lot of the things that I hear you say, Ham, bring me back to the time when I was here and I played, the vibe, the environment. When we got here, the Kings had not been good. They They hadn't been good really since they had been – came from uh, Kansas City, but we didn't take that baggage. And that's why I say it many times that you'll make people in the narrative will change when you start smacking people around. And I, and I love De'Aaron's, uh, his mindset is, wh- wh- why are we bringing that luggage along with us? This is up. This is where we are right now. And that was that was our mentality. And I think that a, a lot of times um, how a team is created and the leadership uh it, it goes into your team. And as I look at De'Aaron Fox as a leader, because ultimately he is learning how to be that leader, definitely when the ball is in his hands and more vocally um, as he goes forward, I think that vibe that you're speaking is something that permeates through the whole team. And I think that they follow his lead in that way, and they understand that this is a new day. It has nothing to do with 12 years and all these different things since the last time the Kings were really good. This is us. This is where we are now, and we're going to go out here and we're going to deal with it, and we're going to deal with people and opponents head on. And I think that that's why you're seeing some of the success. No one really truly believed, but guess what, Ham? They believed, and really, that's all that counts.
0: I think that's 100% accurate, Doug. They believe that they are good and that they can win, and they really don't care what anyone else thinks. They're not into the numbers. They're not into the history. Uh, I've brought this up a couple of times here. On this season, today, the, the Kings are favored to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's the third game all season long that the Kings are favored to win a game. I mean, to me, that tells you that no one believes outside of Sacramento that, or maybe Vegas does believe, but Vegas is taking an approach that we're just going to keep betting against the Kings and let people pile on and take their money. So, I mean, there's dynamics in play here where people walk up to a betting, uh, a, a you know, a betting Area and they say, "Look, I'm going to put money that the Kings will lose tonight because the Kings always lose. They're they're playing the odds historically, um, and maybe that's what yeah. what's going on. But in all honesty, the fact that Vegas, which is not usually far off on these things, even tonight they have the Kings only favored by two and a half against a team that has five wins on the season. Uh, it, to me, it, it really does speak volumes about." the narrative outside of Sacramento still hasn't changed. What do they have to do, I guess, to change that narrative, Doug?
1: You know, they have to continue with the... The identity that they found and that's the offensive go after it identity and what needs to continue to improve is the four minutes of defense when it counts that have that has won them ball games numerous times where they can buckle down and get stops that needs to begin to expand to four minutes to 10 minutes to 16 minutes to 30 minutes to 40 minutes and hopefully a whole game. I mean, and I know a whole game when you say that, that's kind of out in the air because the game is about mistakes and you make mistakes. But you understand what what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. to where – Uh, Willie Cully stein comes in with a locked-in mentality that he did in Phoenix. Phoenix isn't a good team. DeAndre Ayton is a decent player, but he couldn't even catch the the ball because Willie using his length, size, and athleticism, the things that he needs to do on a night-to-night basis, De'Aaron Fox locking in on the ball, Frank Mason coming in off the bench and setting the defensive tone full court, these are things that the Kings, they're doing it, and I'm not saying that they're not doing it. Willie's doing it but it needs to now begin to expand for a longer period of time, paired with the offensive identity that the Kings have begin to establish. Listen, you said earlier that that they, are, uh, that they think they're a good team. I'm here to tell you, actually, him, they are a good team. They, they really are. And I, I don't think that this is happening by accident now. It, it, we're far enough in it to see. Now, are we going to have nights where it goes up and down? Yeah, you're going to have that because that's the nature of the NBA. But on any given night, this team can beat the team that is across from them. And if they continue to beat the team that they're supposed to beat, that's the first sign of a good team. And this is another opportunity with the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: You know, you brought up the four minutes, the four minutes thing stuck in my head because uh, I think there's a misconception about when that four minutes has to happen. You know, typically you want that last four minutes of the game to be where you lock in and you shut people down and you get consecutive stops. But I think the way that the Kings are constructed and the style of play, it lends itself to a different idea as well. It's that that four minutes can be the first four minutes of the game like it was against Phoenix. Phoenix where Willie Cauley-Stein just looked like a defensive genius stealing every ball around him and just doing amazing things. And in that four minutes of the game, the Kings won. The game was over after that four minutes. They, I mean, they coasted home. They went up by as much as 35 in the first half, and that second and third unit didn't look great. But at the same time, that game was over in the first four minutes because the Kings set the tempo defensively. They set what they were gonna do defensively, they got stops, they got steals, they got breakaways, and because their offense is so high octane, by the time the the Phoenix Suns even had time to look up at the scoreboard, it was thirty six to nine and they were going to the bench with a game that was already over and they have to play another thirty-six minutes. So I think it's interesting you bring up four minutes because it can be at any moment. It can be a run at the end of a quarter, a a run to finish a half uh, you know, come out, come out of the third quarter and run teams off the, the court with your offense, but also with defensive stops. So that's an interesting concept of, and of course they need to expand that to, you know, to eight minutes to 12 minutes to, you know, to eventually 48 minutes of basketball, if they were to ever make it to the playoffs, uh, because that's what playoff basketball is. It's like being locked in for 48 minutes of action. You are listening to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports, California, brought to you by Wendy's. Your local Wendy's just got closer because now they deliver. Download the DoorDash app and order your favorites like the Baconator, spicy chicken sandwich, maybe a baked potato. Wendy's will deliver when the craving hits the DoorDash at participating locations for a limited time. I, I guess I, I want to ask you to follow-up there on Willie Cauley-Stein. Is he doing enough? Uh, because for me, it, it seems interesting. I, I wrote a piece about his consistency, and his numbers are still, they fluctuate here and there, but at the same time, he's bringing something different that he hasn't brought in the past, which is a consistency to his intensity. And uh, when he's on the court, you feel it. And when he's off the court, you also feel it. And I think it's, it's a huge step for him because consistency means a lot of different things, Uh, But for Willie Cauley-Stein, it might just be consistency of effort and showing up every night and being a willing participant in what's happening.
1: Well, let me tell you, first and foremost, Sam, that is the key to being a professional is the ability to be consistent on a night-to-night basis. That's step number one. Forget the skills. Forget the crossover, forget the step back, forget the jump shot, all those different things. Because without the consistency, you really never get to become the the true player that you can be, because you got to be consistent in practice, you got to have consistent work ethic and then to play 24 seconds of locked in basketball is a difficult thing that's why we always see it in young players that is it's difficult for them to kind of transfer their game so when you talk about Willie's consistency I I would agree with you I I see it Uh, the up and downs that comes with even the best of the best of players now the the super elite find a way at the end of the game to still have their 25 and 15 even if they shoot 30 times to get it the point is though I've seen the consistency in Willie. He's has he had a couple of, of stinkers? Yeah, he's had a couple of stinkers, but it was kind of paired with The the whole team, which speaks to the importance of Willie Collie Stein, because it seems that when he and De'Aaron don't particularly play well, the Kings don't particularly play well. Because one, I think, locks in on the defense, locks in on the backboard, allows the ability for alley oops and things, and the other guy sets the whole pace and locks in the defense on the perimeter. So they're they're tied together in some ways. But Willie's consistency, I think, he's grown by leaps and bounds this year, and I'm so happy to see it because uh i I root for the kid
0: all right doug i've got to ask you about bogdan bogdanovich and sort of the way that he has been able to step in uh i think the kings had a rough spell there when he first got to the team but to me it's because he is such an interesting player and an intriguing player uh that his initial like reemergence with the team sort of upset the chemistry on the court for a few games and the Kings lost some games that you know maybe they wouldn't have if he wasn't there or maybe if he would have started the beginning of season he would they would have been fine but uh, because of the style of play and because of you know the quality of player that he is and how Dave Yeager instantly started relying on him I think it kind of upset the balance there in the backcourt. And the backcourt we're talking about is De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and, and of course, Bogdan playing, like basically a three-man rotation where they're all getting uh, you know 30-plus minutes. Um, It seems like they've gotten through that, and you're starting to see Fox's numbers come back to where they were. You're starting to see Buddy Heald's numbers come back to where they are, and you're seeing Bogdanovich just sort of take off. Uh, How difficult is it as a player... To, to play a role and, and have everything going one way and then have everything kind of upset by, by a high volume or a you know a high usage type player like Bogdanovich step in because I, I know over your, the course of your career you had to have gone through that multiple times.
1: Yeah, it it can be difficult. What's even more difficult is the Kings, they're still establishing who they are. It's not as Mm -hmm. difficult when a team like our team or the San Antonio Spurs or someone who has a defined method of how they go about their business. It's not that hard when, when it's that way. But when you got a guy in Buddy who last year started, then he came off the bench, was better off the bench. So you're thinking, is he a six man? Is he a starter? Then he's brilliant this year. Now, should you take him out of the starting lineup? Should you not? And you got a guy in Bogdanovich, Super dynamic because he does so many different things. He gives De'Aaron a rest. He comes in at the two. He can play the three. He can handle the ball. He can set the table defensively. He's solid as a team defender. There's so many different things. And Coach Yeager, it's like a new toy. It's like, oh my goodness. So, yeah, it can disrupt some things, but to the Kings' credit, I think that they figured it out relatively quickly, and uh, I think that uh, Bogey has been brilliant. He he comes in the game. He understands where to put himself in the game, meaning do we need scoring right now? Do I need to get Willie or Marvin involved? Can De'Aaron get off the ball right now and hit him with someone running at him? All those things he processes at a high level. So it can be difficult, but they've done a really good job.
0: Yeah, and Doug, you know, it's – uh, if you look at what Marvin Bagley did over the, the six games before he got injured, he, he'll he be back, it looks like, in, in Cleveland this evening. Um, but if you look at the six games before that, he was averaging 16.3 points and 10 rebounds per game. Uh, people should not uh, like just gloss over the fact that those six games corresponded with Bogdanovich basically having his, his minutes restrictions pulled off and, and basically him running the second team Uh, Bogdanovich makes everyone better around him and it's only a matter of time before everyone feels that and and sort of starts playing into it because he is such a dynamic player uh, as a creator as a shooter uh, as a pick and roll guy Uh, I mean he throws the best lob on the team I, I kept saying like I can't wait till he's back I can't wait till he's back now we're seeing it and instantly you see Marvin Bagley go from, you know, a solid rookie to, uh-oh, what is this? This is interesting. He hasn't even developed his jump shot yet. He's not even being able to take guys off the dribble yet. But he's already showing, like, this this incredible, like, growth as a player. So I think Bogdanovich means a lot to that. Uh, Doug, Kostakoufis is a guy who uh, basically is a beneficiary of... Marvin Bagley being uh, Marvin Bagley being out for a couple of games. Um, when you watch Costa step on the floor, how impressed are you with the fact that a guy who who basically was just you know sitting on the bench, not 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 doing anything, but just sitting on the bench, not allowed to play, uh, he just steps on the court and instantly makes such an incredible difference in the way that the team plays defense. You no,
1: know, Costa never impresses me because he impresses me. If that makes total sense, he is just. Uh, he, he comes in, he does his work, he knows everything about the offense, he knows where everyone's supposed to be at. Defensively, he's rock solid. He sacrifices of himself. He's the guy that you need on your team because you don't have to do anything for him. He's doing everything for everyone else so it just happens for him and uh he, he's a he's a must man and i I enjoy him as a professional watching him do his business he's the type of guy that uh, you, you just you want on your ball club
0: you know doug I, I've spent a lot of time with Costa over the last couple of years he's just a spectacular human being and I'm happy for him that he's actually getting some run I don't think it's gonna last because you know Marvin Bagley's back and you know you're slowly transitioning Harry Giles into a, a, a different role and a larger role with the team, and that's going to take minutes eventually. Uh, but I, I think when you look at the month of December, once you get through this this road trip where there are a lot of winnable games, uh, this schedule gets much more difficult. And having a guy like Costa Kufis to go up against, you know, Stephen Adams when you play uh, when you play OKC or you know again. That, the Pelicans, You're going up against, you know, some great players with the Pelicans on the front line. It's nice to have that asset on the bench, even if he's not playing a lot. Uh, and the other thing is, he just takes it all in stride. He understands what it is that's going on here. He understands that it's a youth movement. Uh, trust me, folks, the guy, you know, throughout his career has never missed games due to injury. Uh, he's not, if it were a playoff game, if it was anything else, these injuries that he's sitting with, he wouldn't be sitting with, oh, yeah. yeah, he's a guy that, that gets not out enough. there and plays and, uh, he's doing what the team is asking of him and he's being, uh, you know, a pros pro about it. Um, you're not going to hear him complain or anything else. So I just want to tip my hat to Costa on that, on that side. Uh, now, Doug, I, I just want to hit you, uh, before we get out, uh, get out of here, this last thing. Um, you know, we have not a pod since the uh, since the Brandon Williams, uh, Dave Yeager, sort of the shakeup and the, the craziness there that ensued. Um, are the Kings past that? Do you feel like they're past it and they're moving forward? Or do you think this is one of those situations that could just pop up, uh, you know, again here and there throughout the season?
1: I think ultimately until whatever is going to be decided is, is decided to, it it probably has the ability to do that. But I I think that the Kings are past it. I mean, no one, uh, I haven't heard talking about it. This is something that I think is more of a national media type of thing to, you know, look at the Kings and and not that they don't have any fault in it, but this is something that is like, oh, here we go again. And and all these different things. I I think ultimately it's something that um, we'll have to, you know, one way or the other, they'll have to, figure it out. Maybe they already have, and that's why we aren't hearing that much about it. But I, I don't hear about it, and that's good because being around the guys, it's a it's a breath of fresh air, and if that's the mindset that they have. It's awesome because business is done on the court. I
0: understand there are
1: other things that go on in professional sports. That's part of it, but to see these guys do their job and not really worry about that is fantastic.
0: I, I like it as well. I think the, the players are ignoring it, and to be honest with you, I think Dave Yeager's doing a great job on the court. I think he's got the team going in the right direction. And Doug, I've said this before, when the coach loses the room, that's when he has to go. Up until that point, you got to you gotta figure out how to get along. If if you're winning and the players are still right with the coach, then you need to back off and, and let the coach do his job and, and you know, basically feed him the right style of players. And I think, again, I've talked about this. I think there's a moment here where the Kings need to transition from a team that's willing to take on cap space to to get an asset like a draft pick. Uh, there's a there's a moment here where they need to actually become buyers. And, and I think we're at that moment. We're really close to that moment where they need to, the front office needs to do what they do to go out and get the right player to fit in to help this team take another step forward, uh, a long-term fix, something that's meaningful to the club. And so I I want these two sides to figure out what the issue is because you know, I I think the Vlade's provided a lot of talent and I think Dave is doing a great thing with that talent. I think they need more talent and I think everyone knows that, Uh, but they need to be on the same page about what that talent means and what it looks like and what it feels like. And if they're not... Uh, then I really do think that you know this is it. It's not a good way to do business, and it's not a successful way to do business. So I'm hoping they work all of that out. Does that make sense?
1: I, I yeah, it, it totally does because I think that a lot of you, I agree with you, put together a fantastic roster. I know a lot of people had a lot to say about it, but. The success is the success for a reason, and Coach Yeager, I agree with you, is doing one hell of a job. When you look at the way that these guys play for him, that speaks volumes to him and his coaching and the things that he is doing. And uh, I'll be the first to say, well done, sir.
0: Yep, can't we all just get along, Doug? Can't we all just get along? (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the the Kings Insider Podcast. Doug, thanks so much for joining me from the road. Uh, we've got to do this every week, and to be honest with you, this schedule has just been brutal for Doug and I both, and, and getting together and doing these things is not easy. So, Doug, thanks for hopping on with me, uh, and, and we'll, talk, we'll talk very soon.
1: You got it, big man. Have a good one. All
0: right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Insider Podcast, brought to you by Wendy's. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast, brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with Doug Christie and another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.